Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to It Never Gets Old, a firsthand account of all things secondhand and sustainable. This is a podcast about the exploding resale secondhand vintage fashion economy, sustainable fashion by proxy, and how you can maybe make some money on that and get great stuff. I am your host, Meredith Feynman. I'm joined by my producer and bestie in the Westie, Sarah Lane. What up, Meredith Feynman? You know, I've got a funny story. Well, it's not really funny. It's just like a cool story. I got my very first Instagram DM from a It Never Gets Old audience member who wanted to talk to me about consignment and resale. And it really made my day. I was like, yay. Yeah, I mean, like we've had this awesome uptick. Uh, in listeners and shout out to those that have been there since the beginning. We have an entire backlog from April of 2019 that Sarah and I have been doing. It is a goddamn delight to get all of your DMs, whether that's on, you know, at Meredith Feynman or at INGO Podcast on both Instagram or Twitter or hello at ingopodcast.com. Some great emails. It's so fun. Unbelievably a listener. Thank you, listener. Like, bought something off of my Poshmark at Binemsy uh, and like tweeted us about it. And I was like, holy shit. FYI, like if you are an INGO listener and you're like wanting to buy from from my Poshmark, like please tell me you will get a steep discount. I was like, oh, oh, you should have told. And then I like did a gift. Like so she bought the, an acne sweatshirt, uh, an authentic acne sweatshirt that <laughs> I just never wore. And I like wrote a card and put like, stickers all over it. And I basically was like, oh my God, thank you so much for listening. It's fun when someone says, I like your podcast. That's one thing. But someone's like, I like your podcast. I am now dealing with you on various platforms that relate to consignment is like a whole nother level. It's like, I feel very proud. So proud. Like it's, it's great. It's wild. And so... What are we talking about today, though, is something I've been wanting to get into for a minute. We have done varying brand how-to deep dives and potentially my sordid history with them. And today we are doing Celine. Sarah, do you have anything Celine? No, I do not. Uh, Celine has historically been way out of my price range. But I would say the same thing about Chanel and Hermes and Gucci, which we've we've done deep dives on in the past. So I have a feeling that I'm going to get some knowledge from you today. 
Oh boy, do I have so much to share with y'all about Celine. We're gonna get into the history, the ins and outs of buying and selling, varying stories that I have about the brand and my interactions. Celine is one of my absolute favorite brands, particularly the Phoebe Philo era, which, which we'll talk about, which is 2010 to 2018. Just amazing, amazing stuff. And here is how you can buy and sell it. So what about the history of Celine? When we did Chanel and Hermes, I had only just, you know, looked them up on Wikipedia to get some background. And then we ended up finding like some crazy, crazy tidbits. You can go back and listen to those two separate episodes. But like all of these, not all of them, a lot of these luxury brands, it was started in 1945 by a woman named Celine Vipiana and her husband. And it was actually to make children's shoes huh and uh 1945 is significant because it's the year that world war ii officially ended so that must play into this somehow you know this is this is a now a pseudo history fashion podcast um no but so a lot of these brands like hermes that was uh stuff for horses and horse gear that then someone needed a handbag or when Coco Chanel was making hats and you know was at these parties with fancy ladies who were like hey can you make me some clothes to like play tennis in or whatever which Coco Chanel's first venture into clothing was like sort of an idea of athleisure but I don't think we'd think of like a full Chanel suit as athleisure now but yeah it was actually children's shoes and where were they based out of at the time Paris Mm mm-hmm Paris. Of course. So, and I'm reading from Wikipedia. This is where I'm getting getting the info from. So, in 1960, it moved into ready-to-wear fashion uh, for women with a sportswear approach. I love all of these luxury brands' definitions of sportswear. Like, what do you think they think sportswear is, Sarah? <laughs> something, something very smart and very well-tailored. I guess, but I, sportswear to me is like, oh, okay, so like all these people were like the Lululemons of France, right. which they were not. Well, I, you know, again, different era, even 1960, uh, you know, you're not going outside in sweatpants. We just don't do things like that. It's more of a, if you're not wearing a cocktail dress, what are you going to be wearing? And Celine was on it. Yes. Celine was the was the designer from 1945 to 1997. Wow, that's crazy. So a lot of these luxury brands, uh, this was true of a, a couple others we went through, really expanded as a result of fragrance in 1964. That's what really like made Celine really significantly more popular. Um, and also the trench coat, which is interesting. I guess we'll do a deep dive on Burberry, but you know, you think of Burberry trenches that don't have a Celine trench. I wish so. Bit about the logo, it sort of changed. It was intertwined seas linked to the Arc de Triomphe uh, in, in Paris. And then it started to expand in the 70s. So in 1987, Celine was bought into partially by the head of LVMH and was fully bought by LVMH in 1996. And, so, and that's for anybody who's not familiar with LVMH, they own lots of stuff. Yes, it's an enormous luxury brand, primarily luxury company holding company and, and private equity firm. 
So what's interesting about Celine is there are a couple of different eras. Like the era you're potentially going after, dear listener, is the Phoebe Philo era, but actual, which is 2010 to 2018. And then we'll talk about sort of new Celine and old Celine and the fight over new Celine and old Celine and what that means. But actually the first creative director was Michael Kors. He was at Celine for a long time uh, before he started Michael Kors. So there's a whole era, if you are looking, you can tell by tags um, whether something is the Michael Kors era. I'll talk about like sort of the different the different tags you can tell, but he, he did a lot of great stuff for Celine. And previously that was really inexpensive online secondhand. And now the prices for it are actually going up significantly. But don't be fooled into buying something that you think is the Phoebe Philo era. It's actually Michael Kors. But, you know, shout out Michael Kors. That was before he started his brand. Okay, so Phoebe Philo was really the person to take Celine to what we think of it now, why we all want it, you know, why I love it. She began her tenure in 2008 and everything she did was amazing. She was at Chloe previously, but really she did a lot of stuff that was influenced by menswear. She did a lot of very like, I don't, you know, love the word empowering silhouettes that were clean and just frankly, really cool. Like Sarah, you know, you know, the sort of stuff I'm talking about. I think so. Yeah. It, um, um, statement pieces that last forever and um, would be an investment, but a good one. Totally. So uh, that's what everyone was mourning after when she left in 2018. Those sort of 10 years, I didn't realize it was, well, I guess it was for her first ready to wear collection was spring, summer 2010. So it was 2010 to 2018 that what we're all looking for. But now the creative director is Hedy Slimane, who was previously the one to take St. Laurent uh, to where it is now. And oh, it'll be fun to do a YSL deep dive. But there's a lot of controversy about him being the, the creative director, and I have some thoughts, and, and we'll get into why. I know a lot about Celine, so I guess, Sarah, we should start with the tags. Like, that's where I am with it. I'm going to come in from a different angle as somebody who doesn't really know a lot about Celine. I would not be able to say, that's a Celine bag. That's a Celine, uh, I don't know, trench or dress or anything and you would so what are the distinguishing factors so all the eras are very different and that's something you need to look out for a lot of us are after this 2010 to 2018 stuff in which case the celine has is a little gold on the outside of handbags uh, a small gold stamp in clothing it is in black font with a Tilde is in Spanish, uh, with an accent mark over the E, which is very controversial, this accent mark over the E, and I'll explain why in a second. But actually, I have been duped into thinking I'm buying something from Phoebe Philo collection, and thus it's been more expensive secondhand, but it's really Michael Kors. So the Michael Kors era, Celine, I don't remember whether or not it had an accent mark, but it was in sort of a box. It was a bigger tag, it had a box around it, and if you look at the tag and there's no accent mark over it, and it, it isn't just a thin strip of the name, that is actually the Michael Kors era. And then it evolved into these smaller tags with the accent marks. I'll, I'll put all the, you know, you'll get you'll see this on the Instagram. And then now Hedy Slimane removed the accent mark over the E and everyone had a fucking meltdown. Uh, dumb question, but why does this matter? Is it because it just distinguishes the eras from each other? Do people really care about that sort of thing? 
Are people like, oh, Michael, not Phoebe. Eh, less of a bag type thing. Yes. So the really, okay. So the most expensive, most desired, most secondhand bought and sold and sought after era of Celine is the Phoebe Philo 2010 to 2018 stuff. It's the best stuff far and away, not even close. Is it just, is it the style? Is it, you know, what is it about her that makes her so... Uh, you know, the people people want so much. She was really sort of revolutionary in her designs. They were bold. They were feminine, but lots of touches of masculine, interesting menswear, whether it's like great pants, great, you know, things that weren't dresses, a lot of really great jackets, clean lines. It's just beautifully designed stuff and everyone loved her and everyone went crazy over Celine as a result for a long time. And everyone was devastated when she left. And a lot of people who are really into fashion or just like a design or just liked her stuff clamored to try to get it. And now that is some of the, you know, is very expensive secondhand stuff because people really want that that era of things because it's was it's very distinct like a lot of brands when they switch over creative directors as we've talked about the looks totally change and some of them come back but in this case like her stuff is far and away so much more interesting and so much better in my opinion than the Michael Kors era and now the Hetty Slimane era when Hetty came in people were really nervous because everyone loved Celine so much loved everything that Phoebe Philo did and Hetty had just made Saint Laurent First of all, he took off the Eve, the the first part of Yves Saint Laurent's name and just made it Saint Laurent and made everything very edgy and simple and sort of the look it is now. Do you know what I mean with Saint Laurent stuff now? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I I, I didn't realize that the, I didn't realize that the Y was dropped. Um shows you how much I know about these sorts of things. But I do understand the idea of a designer coming in. It's kind of like a CEO of a company, right? The company culture is there but whoever is at the helm is going to make the company culture their own and that is going to bleed into the what we all end up buying and liking as consumers yes and so then Hetty basically did to current Celine like a lot of people are upset so basically he first of all he changed the logo uh, which was, you know, had the accent mark over the E, which spurned a lot of conversation and then also a lot of obsession with Phoebe Philo's tenure. So if you look at Instagrams like old Celine, like everyone went crazy. People in the fashion community, everyone was so upset. They couldn't believe they, he did this. I remember like when I was in Paris, like taking a photo and sharing it on Instagram of them, like painting over in the Celine flagship, like, you know, where all the accent marks had been. But there were people selling sweatshirts with E with an accent on it like this was like a huge huge debate and old Celine is a big Instagram that chronicles Phoebe Philo's designs and tenure so much so that like people are like no we're breaking off and like this is old Celine like we do not acknowledge new Celine like it was a whole it's a whole wow. thing for wow. for a certain for a certain group of people you know Hetty really especially from like new designs and showing things some of the stuff is cool but it's not as edgy and different and interesting as Phoebe's tenure and also it's extremely similar to Saint Laurent and there's a quote here here on on Wikipedia that says Slimane replaced the brand's traditional style with his personal signature quote driven by youth culture indie rock and sulking adolescence which <laughs> is not at all what everyone wanted so right, right that that does not sound like Celine to me no so 
that is a bit about the history. That's a bit about the culture of Celine. If you if you don't know about that or aren't a Celine head like me, but let's talk a little bit about buying and selling secondhand Celine. So secondhand Celine is definitely more expensive for that er- the era that people want. It depends. I mean, you can buy whatever you want. It never gets old. Listeners wear whatever you want. I'm biased and obviously here, obviously very biased about the designs that I like. But each era is priced pretty differently current era I don't know a lot of people looking for that secondhand what everybody is usually after asking me all the time I see it on secondhand websites is this 2010 to 2018 Celine particularly the handbags and I have cycled through varying Celine handbags Um, they're extremely expensive but I think because other brands like Gucci or Saint Laurent or Balenciaga that have become more popular in the past couple years, these prices are actually dropping. So while they are high, they are not what they were. Celine during the era of its height where it had some iconic handbags like the trapeze bag, the luggage tote, I'll post you know, all these photos and Sarah, I'll send them to you because I might really be speaking in a foreign language right now, but they were so okay. popular that you know, a friend's store of mine that sold them new had to stop carrying the line because they couldn't stop getting stolen. They were like probably not the last, but one of, of the past decade, like the ultimate it, it, it handbag, like that, the it of handbags. So Celine clothing is one thing. The Phoebe Philo heiress Celine clothing, if you're looking for it secondhand, is still really expensive. I have only a couple pieces. It runs kind of wonky. What I'm really talking about here are the handbags. And that's what people still want. I don't have many bags anymore. I luckily no longer want it bags or really expensive handbags. My bank account is extremely grateful <laughs> as am I for, for the hindsight. But I do still have one Celine bag. And it is the tri-fold like classic pouch that I got for $150 on Poshmark, which is categorically insane. Like that's that's insane. And you say that because what would it retail for? So this bag is called the Celine Trio. I believe they still sell it. So in Phoebe Philo's era, I think the trapeze bag, which was this sort of like triangular situation that I really wanted, never got. The luggage tote, which is this sick ass tote bag that I I think I had two of them and then I sold them they were incredibly heavy still really cool but again I like came to my senses and I was like absolutely not then the trio which is sort of like three wallet pouches stuck together in one in a couple different sizes Uh, I believe the luggage tote and the trio still sells in stores and they still like carried into this era so that bag retails for like a thousand dollars But the good news is a lot of the prices of the handbags are actually dropping. Not the new Celine stuff is, I think, had he even raised the prices, which is crazy. But and they're they're like changing some logo stuff. But yeah, that trio, I guess it was just kind of destroyed and you couldn't totally see the Celine on the front. Mm. And because of that, like I got it for like one hundred and fifty bucks and I still love it. So a lot of people are in the market for that bag Uh, and all the prices are actually dropping for these for these bags I just think that like if you know you know and you want it but people have moved on to like the Saint Laurent Sac du Jour or I don't even know what people are are carrying these days for you know classic Chanel bags like it's just not as it's not at the fever pitch that it was and again we've talked a lot about sort of like the flooding of the market there's a lot of them and then a lot of people wanting other hot bags so they're selling them so the prices are dropping but at the same time it's not just like oh look you have a Celine bag these are nice bags. So if you would have bought uh, this bag, I don't know, 10 years ago, 
you would still be carrying it around anyway. So in, if you get it at a discount on you know one of the many platforms that we talk about, that's cool. You're just going to save money, but you're still going to have a nice bag that people assume you would have had for a decade anyway. 100%. I sort of saw the writing on the wall because of how much I watched this stuff that I sold my big expensive Celine bags when I could tell that it was tipping and I got a lot of money for them. So one of, one of the big... Maybe it was the Phantom, which is different from the luggage. I hope you're you're following along, dear listener. And Sarah is a great foil for me because she can she can help dissect. But I'm naming I'm naming different handbags. I think maybe I had two different Phantom ones, and I remember getting it at Decades in LA, which I'll talk about in our Los Angeles guide. And I was able to negotiate it down to not a lot. And then I had a different one, also I think from Decades, that I was able to negotiate down, and I ended up selling them for a bunch of money. So. If you're currently thinking of selling Celine bags, you're not going to get what you could have gotten four or five years ago. Like you could have gotten almost close, not close to retail, but pretty close to retail. Like they were retaining Chanel level uh, money. Like if you bought one, it was like a, a legitimate investment, which I mean, now it's now it's not. So let's say I, I I'm in. I want Celine. I want a bag. Where should I start looking So there's a lot of great Celine online right now, and they're not selling for what they used to sell for, which means they're still expensive. What's so crazy is it's still a lot of money. Like I'm, I'm trying to think like the the luggage tote that everyone loves, and the small guy they were around like twenty seven hundred dollars. This shit's so expensive, and I would say now they're around twelve to fifteen hundred versus like two grand, and and maybe maybe less than that. Um, I think people are willing to go down on them. So you actually have a lot of negotiating power when buying a Celine bag right now from that era because they were so expensive um, and people want other stuff. But you do have to be aware of a lot of fakes. So because Celine was so popular during those times and handbags, as we've talked about, anything that people want can be made fake. And you have to be really careful. Uh, I was even duped myself. So I've talked about this before. I was at Tokyo 7 in New York and I bought a Celine tote for a client uh, ended up being not real. And that really sucked because then I got in a fight with the guy who owns Tokyo 7, whose store in New York I still frequent because I think they have unbeatable stuff. But, you know, they don't get that much Celine, which I think the person who was selling it knew so they wouldn't catch that it wasn't real. Yeah. And you talked about this on a previous episode. This is the sort of thing that... You were fighting with him because he didn't believe that it was fake and you knew it was. No, that was not the fight. The fight was that he wouldn't let me return it. And I was like, hey, dude, like I literally this was seven hundred dollars like that now. Like because I gave it to my client and she texted me that she didn't think it was real. And I was like, there's no way like I they looked at it and I looked at it. that's how good this fake was that mm-hmm. people who look at this, you know, who are luxury resellers and have stores and then me who's, you know, off in crazy pants land couldn't catch it and so I remember you cannot take a bag to a brand and have them authenticate it if you didn't buy it there it's not happening but I called a guy at the Celine boutique in maybe it was like Tyson's Corner somewhere in the DC area and I was like hey I have this bag I can't tell if it's real and he was like I cannot authenticate it but I can tell you this so all Celine bags from that era have a little leather tab that has sort of like the the make number on it Mm -hmm. and that bag didn't have it Mm. and he was like all I can tell you is every real Celine bag has that little leather tab 
And like he was like sort of like you can figure out the rest for yourself of what I'm saying here. So you really do need to be careful of Celine fakes. I've been duped other times. Uh, so if you're looking for a Celine bag, educate yourself on the varying components that make it real. So that leather tab has to be in there. Ask for photographs of it if you need to ask for receipts. Obviously, if you're looking on a place like the Real Real, the prices are going to be higher, but they're going to be real, real. You know, you can look. The, the Celine bags are, are everywhere on the secondhand web. And honestly, if you see one in a consignment store, they just don't hold about like they're not a current hot bag, but like true heads know. So you do have negotiating power um, and you can get it for less. Another great thing about Celine that you can have that is not, you know, over the thousands price point are their sunglasses. They make the best sunglasses, I think, ever. Yeah, I actually, <laughs> I do not own a Celine handbag or any other piece of apparel, but I do have two pairs of Celine sunglasses. Well, let me preface that by saying I, I used to have two pairs. One was tragically lost at a friend's house that, you know, she felt very bad about it. And I was like, yeah, that really sucks that my glasses just vaporized in your house. <laughs> RIP uh, Celine sunglasses, but um, they are my favorite sunglasses. I don't know, man. I, sunglasses are, it's, it's very much your face and what you like and what looks good on you. And I find that Celine is almost always the brand that I gravitate to the most when I want to get Something real, you know, something real nice for the summer. Oh, yeah. Celine has the best sunglasses and you can find them secondhand on Poshmark for like 70 bucks. And I'm looking at them right now and like the the glasses that I lost, which I, I think, I mean, I paid full price for America because I went to Bloomingdale's and bought them. I think they were like 450 and I can get them now for like 100. Yeah. So Celine sunglasses are actually the only sunglasses I have. I had a similar thing where there was a pair I loved that like back when Busy Phillips was peaking at the beginning of her Instagram story journey, like she was also wearing, you could not find them anywhere in the world. I found one pair on eBay and then like, you know, I checked every place. I checked literally every place and then I forgot about them and obviously ostensibly like something else caught my eye and I'm like, ooh, another shiny pricey object. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're great and they're all over Poshmark, so... FYI, buy them there because they're really just not a lot of money at all. And with that, like you have to be careful that the lenses aren't scratched and that maybe someone shows you like the inside, you know, what do they call that? Where the stem or the stem? I don't I don't think that's correct at all. <laughs> the stem of the eyeglass? I don't know either. But um, but like that shows that shows the, you know, style number, whatever. Sure, yeah, where it was made and because the there's thing. a ton of fake Celine sunglasses, too, but they're still yeah. the best. So this was basically just a Celine fan podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the point. Exactly. So, you know, I hope you find what Celine you're looking for. I'm trying to think if they're like the the clothing from that era is still so expensive secondhand. Like everybody's clamoring after now it's almost like collector's items. So if you have some of it you're not wearing, you can make a lot of money selling it. You can make a ton of money selling it from that 2010 to 2018 era, like fashion peeps on the internets or in stores, but really on the internet will pay a lot of money for it. So you should definitely consider selling it if you're not wearing it. Like I on Poshmark, there was someone who was because the clothing does resell for so much money and people really want it. And I think it's really well made. But now it's sort of this like cult situation, cult classic situation. And there was like a silk top, a Celine silk top that this girl was like, oh, like I don't wear it anymore. And maybe she was newbie, a newbie. And it was like twenty five dollars. And it was like, you know, Phoebe Philo era. And I was like, 
add to. I, I was that was one of those things where I didn't even like <laughs> I didn't even make an offer. I was like, right, buy now, just like just send it to me immediately. Took it to the dry cleaner, sold it for two hundred and fifty. Wow, um, look at you, flipper. Oh yeah, yeah. It's almost like I do this stuff all the time. <laughs> and and if you're, I mean, flipping is is something else we'll cover and a gamble. But that era of Celine stuff resells for a lot on the internet, resells for a lot on even the real real, which I think these days prices things really low. So if you do have it and you're not wearing it and you're not inclined to wear it, sell it now before. I don't know what else happens, but it's really hot right now. So I'm, I'm telling you, take it out of your closet and sell it. That's not true as much for the handbags, but for the clothes, absolutely, which actually is funny that I don't know if that's true of like any other brand, frankly. So that is enough about Celine uh, and our own bearing obsessions. Get some sunglasses so you can't see the haters in 2020. And <laughs> we'll, we'll, please ask about different brands that you like, listeners, like you want us to go through. Someone asked for Balenciaga, which we'll do. But these are all really fun, learning about the, the history and then my varying obsessions. As always, you can find us online at ingopodcast.com. There you'll learn more about me, your host, Meredith Feynman, my producer, Sarah Lane, as well as links to our social meds. We are at ingopodcast on Instagram and on Twitter. You can always email us with questions, comments, hello at ingopodcast.com. Please consider rating us and leaving us a review. It really makes a difference uh, in the podcast universe, and we love to read them. We'll see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.